0: It is wonderfully like meditative to make taffy. I would invite anyone. Oh, out so there. you get
1: two for one with that. You're, you're
0: yeah, you're off to the side getting a long time,
1: but also your people are like, "Ooh, look at Macy <laughs> taffy! <laughs> wow, <laughs> do you guys see that? What Macy's <laughs> doing? Whoa! <laughs> no, I
0: definitely was like, everybody, look at my taffy oh. <laughs> that I just made. <laughs> look at this, like feel this. It turned into taffy. <laughs>
1: Hey everybody, welcome to No Small Thing, the podcast dedicated to helping you live a less certain and more curious life. I'm Scott.
0: And I am Macy. Welcome to episode number 54. Macy's using
1: her NPR voice. NPR
0: voice? Was that what it sounded like?
1: And steady and serious. But we don't have the equipment of an NPR show, so our... (laughs)
0: I was just listening to Serial yeah. Season 3. Like, that's what I've been listening what to. What kind of equipment did are they I using? Yeah. You did I introject Sarah Koenig? You just introjected
1: Sarah <laughs> Koenig and all the NPR staff. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, but they do They do have equipment that I, you can tell. I mean, it's probably what ASMR types mm-hmm, use. Fancy mm-hmm. microphones where you can talk very gently and it sounds big in your ears. Yeah. I don't know the words it's like a
0: powerful, gentle voice. A
1: powerful, gentle voice, yeah. Um, I do sense that with these microphones, everybody, we're using $100 microphones. Probably fine, but also, I, we, I don't even know. I still don't even know what we're doing so, in terms of sound, so we have something <laughs> that's getting our voices out there. But uh, Oops. <laughs> I the do technology. feel like I kind of have to yell a little bit, like raise my voice a little bit. I can't talk gently, and maybe I don't even want to talk gently.
0: Was I talking that quietly in that moment?
1: Yeah, that was great. I mean, I could, I could be, a, I could be a co-host with somebody <laughs> like that.
0: <laughs> Maybe this whole episode, yeah. I will channel wow, Sarah Canaan. Really Zen
1: like tonight, yeah. <laughs> very serious. Okay,
0: have we said what the episode I is? Think you did.
1: You just said episode fifty-four. I don't know what you episode said. Episode
0: fifty-four: Introversion and extroversion. Mm-hmm. Introversion slash extraversion. Mm-hmm. Um, slash part two. I just think, I Part mean, two, we everybody. will title it introvert, extrovert too, but I feel like it's more like temperament slash, cause it's, Oh, changing it's, the title. It's Amber version too, uh-oh, that we uh-oh. will discuss. That's it's a mouthful the, for a It title. is maybe the spectrum introversion from to introversion to extroversion is, is that how we will discuss the title it more. Is.
1: Did you listen to that? <laughs> no small thing episode. It's called, what's it called? The spectrum of introversion to Amber version plus all the temperaments. <laughs> what? Uh, a, I know it's a mouthful, but
0: <laughs> I just think we've dichotomized introversion and extroversion. I think we, right. as a culture, and where we are now we call with this temperaments?
1: like
0: I do think temperament is maybe a better word for it. But I like but
1: calling it introversion and extroversion. People too. aren't
0: going to click on the episode as much if True. it's temperament. This is
1: clickbait. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have a really strange and provocative thumbnail for you to click on, but uh, our funny. title, our really aggressive and provocative title, Introversion and Extroversion.
0: There is a whole <laughs> podcast I recommend to people. Ooh. I just started listening to it called Introvert Extrovert. Wow. That's an introvert and an extrovert. An official extrovert recommendation. It is an official recommendation. I've only listened to four episodes, though, so who knows?
1: In podcast land, this would be a green light. A green light. <laughs> yeah.
0: <True. laughs> okay.
1: Okay. So, so here we are. Uh, What do you want to say about this topic? Why why would we choose it? (sighs) Take a deep breath. Get your Sarah voice.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I think we choose it in a lot of ways. At No Small Thing, Scott and I, I think, are people who are naturally very curious and drawn to work around personality, work around behavior, work around temperament. If you look at our discography of podcasts, that is probably something that pops up a lot. And I think both Scott and I pay attention to that a lot and have seen our, how maybe we don't fit the mold of what is going on around us, mm-hmm. potentially, and just want to talk about it. It's fascinating to talk about introversion and What does it feel
1: like to fit the mold? Well,
0: I... <laughs> Ooh,
1: I'd love to hear that.
0: Yeah, well... Somebody
1: that fits... It exists. I know them. I know the people that tell me about it.
0: Fitting the mold.
1: They tell me about what it's like to fit the mold.
0: And, peop- and it's great for some people.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um... You feel like you are a bit more passionate about talking about introversion. Oh,
1: I even just saying that, <laughs> I have a lot to say, which is why we're doing this.
0: There's a fire in Scott's yeah. eyes. Like, listen. <laughs> 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 introversion? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, so that's one of the reasons.
0: Yeah, right? why why are you so immediately impassioned?
1: I think as I've gotten older, there was a narrative and and we can say this about our personalities and our perceptions growing up. Like it's not necessarily a blame game on our parents and our caretakers and our teachers, but it for whatever reason it was the it was the message I was picking up. Mm-hmm. Was that there was a good way to act and behave, and you need to do that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And this is the preferable, and society, honestly, mm-hmm. this is the preferable way to be peppy, energetic, pumped. Rowdy. this is what people want, this is what yeah. girls want, you know, this is what society wants. And I, I know I know I was trying to fit myself into a model and at the same time try the mold. Yeah, trying to push back a little bit but like not feeling like it was appropriate. Yeah. Like my de- my job was to fit into the mold.
0: There weren't enough messages being that you were receiving or yeah. hearing that were saying it's okay to be you in yeah. the midst of a world that was saying to fit a certain way.
1: Yeah, and now I'm old enough and confident enough to be like not only fairly comfortable in my own skin, but now wanting to aggressively go out and tell people it's okay. So just a little taste of some information here. (laughs) And this isn't going to be a big information night. It's going to be more of a conversation. But I, I, I was reading this book called The Introvert's Advantage last night and trying to just kind of get slightly prepared for this episode. And these statistics were from 2002. Okay. But I can't imagine it's changed very much. I, mean, I think
0: all,
1: so. Oh, you know, you know the statistic <laughs> I'm going to say. <laughs> I think so.
0: <laughs> okay, well, keep going. I have.
1: It's it, They were saying 75% of people are extroverts.
0: Oh. 25%
1: are introverts or it identifies that. So I don't think we're, the world is producing more introverts all of a sudden. Well, but I've heard disputable
0: facts from two different places okay
1: well that, that again that's from 2002 and it's in this book yeah I'm sure if we looked it up on everybody that's listening to this it's a google search away so what's
0: the name of the person who wrote the book quiet it,
1: oh quiet susan kane
0: susan kane in Wait, her presentation oh, oh, also
1: keep talking while i look that up because sometimes i get her and the writer of the hunger games mixed up so that's susan collins so you're so, okay good susan kane um, susan collins
0: okay so susan kane in her ted talk
1: Oh, and that, she has a
0: podcast. Yeah, and she has a podcast, that. which is great. Yeah, um, I've only listened to like two episodes again, but I, so far the mm-hmm. vibes are good. Mm-hmm. Um, she, in her TED Talk, said that the research, I don't remember when the TED Talk was, but I think it's more current, was that it's one-third to half of people are introverted. And then in a different podcast, I heard that same statistic Oh,
1: said. okay. So, so maybe what I would, my interpretation of that statistic, and this is, um, a layman's interpretation is: I, I do think maybe if that statistic were true, or wherever they got that information, people people aren't either aware that they're introverted, or there is a stigma, and so they don't want to say it.
0: Oh, in the previous one, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Which okay, this is where I was jumping in to say I was cutting you off in your facts, cut off all the time. But <laughs> <laughs> I do think that there has been. I don't know about drastic because I am only. 24, so I don't really. It's hard for me to gauge what's happened over time. I'll
1: I'll mansplain (laughs) this this whole topic to you. (laughs) Just kidding.
0: (laughs) But I think that there has been like a a rise and a shift of like pop personality understandings, and so it is Mm. more common to hear people talking about introversion. Like, I learned about introversion in high school.
1: Pop personality understanding.
0: I took my Myers-Briggs in high school. So, like, that word started circulating at a younger age for me than for you. Mm -hmm. So we probably have a little bit of a different experience because I've been hearing some... I think I've heard, like, mixed messages of being both extroverted, but I think I've also felt relatively supported in some more solitary I'm going to ask you a question ways of learning I looked something up. Okay, what are you going to tell me?
1: Well, I want to know what your initial impression of hearing about introversion was as a young person.
0: I couldn't figure out if I was introvert or extrovert. I felt uh, very We've established this mad mad. that I so didn't knows, fit one of those this things. This is our second
1: episode and so in the first episode we did a little bit on the front end of like defining introversion mm-hmm. and trying to do that sort of thing. Right now, we're just going to try to jump right into a conversation. Um, but I do remember you kind of covering that a little bit. You didn't know.
0: I don't, you yeah. Didn't relate,
1: and you still don't really know.
0: Oh, I still don't really. So this is something that I... So I was listening to Susan Cain's podcast. And I was listening to this one specific episode about um, kind of adapting classes and thinking about the school system and how there's been, like, a shift after, like, this... After the movement of, like influence how to like win friends and influence people and in this need like the shift to be in more like urban areas. Yeah, this is it. And You
1: heard this on the podcast?
0: Well, yeah, and she was talking specifically about like the school systems and how that got passed down in terms of like our standards for mm-hmm. the way students should act in classes mm-hmm. and engaging engaging talking and talking groups. about participating. And it was really fascinating cuz I as they were talking there were talking about this group of students who was receiving poor grades in participation, but was really active in terms of their learning in class. Mm-hmm. They just didn't want to participate, and they would have they would lose points because of it. And they like brought it to the teacher's attention, and the teachers, as a faculty, like responded by like mm-hmm. trying to shift their ways of viewing students and thinking about engagement. Um, but I've often identified with an introvert. But I'm 100% a verbal processor. Oh. So like oh. in terms of a classroom setting, I'm all almost always, I'm like very active. A, I have to be fidgeting and doodling or something <laughs> that is necessary usually for me to learn. But then I have to participate. Like if I want to like officially learn it, if I don't talk about it, it's going to be really hard for okay. me to internalize it.
1: Okay. Now we've come to something.
0: We've come to something.
1: Now we've come to something. And, and this is, I guess, this is supposed to be an intro. So oh. this is a taste of how <laughs> it's going to go. We're going to give you a little snapshot because we're going to get into some just conversation vibes in this episode. Some
0: conversation vibes. Uh, we're just here.
1: I mean, honestly, that's really supposed to be the spirit of this show, really, is hearing two people have a conversation about something. And you're yeah. invited to be part of it in your own way. <laughs> but so this is what I think is interesting. Because we're posting these pictures of, like, what it's like to be an introvert. extrovert. if you guys look on in our Instagram, it, it's a very simple image, but, like... It's
0: a very simple but good image.
1: Yeah. So, today, there's a image of, like, thoughts on the inside, which is supposed to be representative of an introvert, and, like, one little speech bubble coming out. Mm-hmm. And then an extrovert is, like, a, 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 a thought on the inside, but lots of speech bubbles coming out. Yeah. And there's probably a middle ground for an ambivert.
0: Mm-hmm. And, um,
1: Now, you say you need to verbally process, and that's mostly true for me, and my wife knows that. So she called and said, I don't understand this image today because you're a verbal processor, so you seem more like the extrovert. And I said, well, I am with the people I'm close to, Hmm, hmm. so you know me as a verbal processor. Yeah. But as much as I would have loved to process in a classroom setting, I rarely did because I was too nervous.
0: Well, and the fascinating thing is I typically for the first, like, couple weeks in a class, like, become really red when I participate. And then like, very flustered. But I'm, like, I have to do it. I have to do it.
1: Is that your sports background? What got you doing it? What got <sighs> you to have that motivation? I don't know.
0: I'm, like, very success-driven in the classroom. Wow.
1: Fascinating. Very. Three-wing.
0: Three-wing. You can get
1: right over there and access that three-wing.
0: Yeah, it's very fascinating. But...
1: I, mean, I do like to think about... Somebody listening to this and never <laughs> having heard the Enneagram, and they're like, What the? What is he talking about? Three, what did he say?
0: Yeah, it's an Enneagram. Does she have a wing? <laughs>
1: <laughs> a third wing?
0: Woo! <laughs> <laughs> My third wing of Amber version. Yeah. I don't know. I've, I have always been a little bit frustrated by the dichotomy. And mm. i said that. All
1: right, let's get right into so, that.
0: So, Because I, depending on my mood, depending on my mood can go from really needing to be introverted. And that is where I'm receiving energy to other times where I'm like really needing and I'm like thinking and having big ideas with people. But then I also see these times when I'm alone as being where I'm also having like big ideas and big thoughts and I'm doing important work in my times alone. So it's just the swing
1: Energy, energy emotions uh, okay, here, I, I'm You're a
0: major re- introvert on the scale. I am,
1: I am, I am, and I have thoughts about that, but I, I'm going to set, this is going to, I think, if, you, if this is appropriate in your opinion, I'm, I think this will be the final <laughs> element of the intro to, to to continue to do like a teaser. yeah But to me, this is one of the things that inspires me wanting to do an episode like this, and I'm pretty sure it's real. I've seen it in so many places, but this is a Denzel Washington, and I think it's reached meme status.
0: Okay, okay. But it's a
1: tweet. That he posted, and I think this is this is the this is the stigma. This is the convoluted nature of the conversation for a lot of people. As somebody that has embraced introversion and now looked into it and and found the label and the description to be very healing for me, um, I find people that have misconceptions of introversion to be. Aggravating. <laughs> so here comes Denzel Washington out in the world tweeting. And I think this is a perfect representation of the misconceptions. Here goes his tweet. It's, it's everywhere now. And people, people will post this as a, uh, as a, wow, look at Denzel Washington. like Kind of like hold him up. Like, look, this is a bit of wisdom from one of our main actors.
0: Okay, okay. And here it comes.
1: I'm both an introvert and an extrovert. Okay, so right off the bat, kind of an eye roll.
0: Okay, no. Listen,
1: listen. Don't listen.
0: I roll that.
1: Okay. I'm a, both an introvert and extrovert? Not not true, I don't think. I think I think you could say it differently, so I'm going to nitpick his phrase his, the way he says that. Okay. You know, to me, if you're if you're going to if you're going to if you're going to say there isn't a binary or a dichotomy here and there's a scale and a spectrum and we can slide up and down the spectrum, that's one thing, but to say you're both it, it to uh okay, you're shrugging at that. I don't like it. I'm both an introvert and extrovert. I love people. Okay. I have issues with the way this is phrased. I know. Because what he's saying is he's implying introverts don't love people.
0: I know. People do that. So people he's make like, that assumption. I, I'd like
1: to be an introvert. I, I want to embrace this fact that I'm an introvert. But the weird thing is, is I love people, so I can't be an introvert. <laughs> you know, That's what I'm reading in this. Okay. So let me start over. I'm both an introvert and extrovert. I love people, but I need alone time.
0: Duh. We, what does all, that mean? we all love people and you need alone time.
1: I, I love people, but I need this this whole episode <laughs> would just be unpacking this one freaking tweet. I love people, but I need alone time. So so the he's addressing a misconception of sorts that if you need alone time, you don't love people.
0: Right.
1: He's like, hey, hey, I need alone time, but that doesn't mean I don't love people. I do love
0: people. It's like, <laughs> of
1: course. And then he says this: So here's my premise, here's my thesis. <laughs> I think he's describing introversion here, and he doesn't understand introversion, extroversion. And most people are walking out in the world not understanding introversion, extroversion. What he's ultimately going to describe here is that he's an introvert.
0: Okay. And, <laughs>
1: and he's, he's showing that there's a stigma, and he just can't admit it. I'll go out to meet people, but it has an expiration because I have to recharge. Right. Uh-oh.
0: That's introversion. That's an introvert.
1: <laughs> if I don't find the valuable alone time I need to recharge, I cannot be my highest self.
0: Yeah. That's, that's introversion. See?
1: That's everywhere now. <laughs> and I'm wanting to just hold that up and be like, I'm not mad. I'm just saying like, I'm here to help people understand. Yeah. I'm here to help people understand that introverts love people.
0: Yeah.
1: I'm here to understand, help people understand that introverts aren't curmudgeonly and angry and, <laughs> and against people.
0: No. Uh, 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 I, uh, well, ah, <laughs> <There's> so many. <laughs> I think what some people may need to we're
1: calling out Denzel Washington right here on this podcast
0: to hear about introverts slash extroverts. And this, okay, uh, we're wrapping up this intro, mm-hmm. but it really, in a lot of ways, you're introverts, not as mad
1: as Denzel as I am. <laughs> <I'm> so sorry, <laughs>
0: um, introverts and extroverts experience the world so differently and dramatically and how they take in stimuli like a social stimulus is okay. This is an analogy that I learned today at from learn. I, I work at a preschool and today we had these like specialists from UW who were talking about autism and how to work with, kids with different behavioral needs and social needs. And they were talking about this idea of every kid and person having like a cup uh, for different sensory needs and their Mm. different senses. Mm. And so some have a small cup for certain things and it overfills very quickly. And some have a very large cup. And in order to be their full self, it takes a lot to fill them up to be that. And for others, it takes so little to fill up their cup and then it's overflowing.
1: Yes. So I think that... Denzel, are you listening? <laughs>
0: <laughs> for some people, like a social interaction, they have a very small cup and it takes very little for them to be full filled up. Yes. And for other people, they have a very large cup in terms yeah. of their social interaction and they need a lot yeah. to be filled. Yeah. But in terms of alone time, it doesn't take as much and they have oh. a small cup for that. Oh, I think great. that it's a very helpful analogy. Uh, one of
1: our ask. followers... On Instagram, who I really appreciate, Professor McGonagall.
0: Oh, the yeah. the tank thing?
1: Yeah. And, yeah. and she came back and offered some more explanation later. Yeah. And I thought it was very helpful and sort of.
0: Well, so tease. Can... We'll get to listener comments yes. later. Yes,
1: Yeah, a <laughs> teaser. Some good Look listener this. comments this week. Um but no, that's a good image, and it's true. It's like for me, I would never say extroverts are gluttonous. I would never say that. Right? No. But the the the, the push or the push <laughs> for me to experience more after my cup is full feels like somebody is pressuring me to be gluttonous. Like, don't you want more? I'm like, I'm full. I've eaten enough. I've had a steak dinner. Have right. this. Have this. Right. Keep well, eating. and then
0: you're also saying, like, you're also at the same time needing to go refuel your your aloneness and that's and like I have to
1: feed something asking
0: extroverts to push deeper deeper into aloneness yeah they're like I'm full of being alone
1: oh yeah see I don't I don't need
0: to be alone yeah we I think well
1: you should go go back out there and be more alone it's not time right and that's and and that can be a
0: lot for an intro or an extrovert if they're forced into situations where they have to be alone a lot I mean they're being over maybe overstimulated with aloneness that's that is overwhelming mm. to some people. Yep. Okay, that's an intro.
1: Whoa, guys, <laughs> that was an intro. What do you think? Uh, when we come back, we're gonna keep. We're just gonna it's keep odd. this going. <laughs> we're gonna keep talking about introversion, extroversion, and the whole thing. We're gonna read some more tweets.
0: Some tweets. No, you have more I, tweets. No, I have
1: no more <laughs> tweets. <laughs> Maybe I'll just read the Denzel Washington one again. And oh get no! Really agitated. We will not. All right. When we come back, more of this. Back in the house, and here's what I'm gonna start us off with, okay with your permission, Macy Mooney. what What are your big introversion thoughts this week? Because you keep alluding to these thoughts. Okay, big So everybody, when we when we when we decide, Macy and me that we're gonna do an episode, part of the excitement of doing the podcast is all of a sudden, we start giving ourselves permission to think about that all
0: week. We start right, thinking
1: right. about it. Everywhere we go, we're thinking about it. And sometimes we read about it and we look things up on the internet and, and we'll text each other, I'm thinking about this, big <laughs> thoughts about this. But Maisie keeps alluding to these big thoughts. Okay. What are some?
0: Okay, so I think I had maybe one large connecting point that I don't know if I talked about this in the previous episode, but it sunk in my, my body in a different way as mm-hmm. I've been... Self-reflecting, doing a bit of research, but also a lot of self-observing of myself.
1: Who so, is Macy? Myself.
0: Um, okay. And, so, and
1: as for clarity, Macy officially does not believe in the binary, <laughs> but <laughs> errs on the side of identify as an ambivert. <laughs> true.
0: Um, this is not true. true. This is true. I
1: Somewhere in the middle, but also I doesn't like I just think the that
0: there's a spectrum. Yep, And I think there is. that we, of course, are people who are very far in the introverted spectrum, but they are not, by all means, always introverted. Mm-hmm. They have, will have some moments of extroversion and receiving energy from people. Yes. I think that that's true. I think that on the other end of the spectrum, there's people who are extremely extroverted, but have do have moments of needing energy from themselves. And I wouldn't and say I'm an
1: extreme introvert. I say... B- I'm I'm definitely firmly in the realm of introversion.
0: I have a hard time even saying I'm like in the middle because I just feel That's like I'm a, a pendulum. Location. Like Ooh. I just feel like I'm going back and forth, and it's it's not I'm necessarily a, a consistent rhythm, but there is a swinging of sorts. Okay. Um, so. I have moments of kind of withdrawing and going inward. And I also have some seasons or moments or just days of going outward. But one thing that I had been was like, I listened to a podcast recently where it was mostly connecting the points of extroverts are in general, happier people. There's like some studies out saying that extroverts in general they do better in social settings they are probably especially in the world we live in currently they're set up more for success they have more network they're happier people in general introverts are maybe less happy but introverts are on a whole more creative and introverts I don't know what i think about this <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, as a person who maybe more often leans introverts, I can see that. But I was mo- I was like, okay, cool. Extroverts are happier. But, but,
1: but, but can I interject a thought or should I let you finish? No, the you can thought? interject a shot. My interject a thought is Are they happier because they exist in a society that prefers extroverts?
0: Right. Well, I think that that's something that was part of it. Okay. Like this idea that an extrovert does better in a social environment that because we live in. I do in. think,
1: as you know, introverts are so happy in their alone spaces. Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm. So I think, I think most. Yeah. Um, Oh yeah. I do think in terms of like, in terms of like behavior, if you're kind of going to an extreme and isolating yourself, it might be harder to, Maybe cope or survive if you're doing that on your own. As we're an extrovert by their nature, they're surrounding themselves with people, which maybe gives them a bit more of an advantage during rocky times. I wonder if oh, that well, may I play a factor to that
1: too. But it's, <laughs> it's a valid proposal. I,
0: I this is just like a thought right we now. We are spouting. <laughs>
1: on here. We are always <laughs> just spouting. <on. laughs> I I do hope, in terms of the mission of this podcast, it's creating some curiosity, like. Place placeholders of questions. Yeah. Maybe somebody's listening to this and like, I've got to get this figured out. These guys are idiots. I've, <laughs> I've researched this. What are they talking about? Please, Why are they so please confused? Please
0: email us. at gmail.com. Email
1: us. Yeah, let us know the information you know. We yeah, want to know. we would love that. But, um, Okay. Yeah, okay, yeah. So
0: my main thing, I wasn't even really that stuck on the okay. fun part. Okay. I mostly really resonated and could see and was experiencing how My introverted nature sometimes and when I do pull inward is where I get my creative power. So like as a creative, a person, we're all creative in terms of how we are all creative.
1: Ah, yeah, it's true. We are by
0: nature a creature that creates all of us in different ways. True. I mean, you can describe creating in a lot of ways. Okay.
1: Some are more creative. Others, is that true?
0: Probably, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I hate like black and white spaces. Uh, <laughs> so,
1: some at times <laughs> tend to be often on occasion
0: more slightly, creative,
1: <laughs> sometimes more creative.
0: <laughs> okay, so I recently went on a camping trip.
1: Ooh yeah, and this I is went, what I want to hear about.
0: I went on a camping trip with a big squad of people. It was very fun. Control squad. Camp I mean, control. That was the that means, the title of the yeah. camping trip. It's based off of Sizza's album. The whole thing was called Liza. Oh,
1: <laughs> love both. Yeah,
0: yeah. Love we so listened love. to that album a lot. Okay, so I went camping, and it was a group with a group of people. I was very excited to be camping mm-hmm. with people I love. I didn't feel okay. Here comes, oh. here it comes. I am.
1: Can I can I help you paint the picture? Sure. Are you sure? Yeah. I can edit this out, and we we can pretend this never happened.
0: Okay, <laughs> you can try, and we can see.
1: A big squad of people. Let's say this is ten people. So people understand.
0: There were fourteen in total. 14. So
1: nobody's like, is this fifty people? Is it five?
0: Right, right. Fourteen so people. Fourteen people.
1: Long time friends.
0: Yeah, uh, most of us most, are friends since college. Yeah,
1: so you've known each other for about six or seven years.
0: Mm-hmm, okay? Ride or dies. And here you go ways. up to
1: Mount Rainier.
0: Yeah, just to go camping. Friendship
1: time. So here goes Macy. They don't have camping equipment. And they are prepping for a week, getting the, their own camping gear. and A week. Uh, a, a day maybe in advance.
0: Yeah.
1: And now all of a sudden Macy is in the car heading up. Yeah. And, and, and what's, what's the feeling? What, what is the experience?
0: Oh, okay. Well, in the car heading up, I don't know how in detail I should go. But if we're, if Let's I'm trying try to dissect it. this in Let's terms of it. temperament and the mood of, of moving from introvert and extrovert. Okay. So first of all, I thought I was officially leaving Saturday morning. And then I get a text from my friend on Friday night that was like, we're almost at your house. I was oh, like, I'm not at my house. Oh. Like, I'm not there. I'm going tomorrow, but like I don't have a car. What's going tomorrow? Yeah, so that happened, which was totally fine because I was like, "Well, there's another person going."
1: What's the rationale there?
0: Um, there was a large group chat which had like when I got off my shift at work, like 200 text messages. Oh, so things were things missed happened by while me. You're at work. Yeah. yeah, what can you do? Um, what can you do? Yeah. And so I. Was potentially because the other person was potentially going to go up that night super late, was going to drive up like through the night and go, which that would have been a bad social energy. Mm-hmm. I could already sense it driving in the night when you weren't planning on it, like in a car. That's like weird. Like I don't know. Twenty something things it.
1: are committed, folks.
0: <laughs> Twenty are committed. But instead, I drove up really early in the morning, which is nice because people are a little bit more lenient in the more morning coffee. in terms of like, we can just like sit in the car and like nobody has to talk and we mm-hmm. can like just casually talk, but like there's no, no, no pressure to like view. chat, mm-hmm. which is very nice and mm-hmm. set me up for success in terms of this trip because I'm heading into 14 people all camping. All together. All together, which is a lot. It's a lot of people that I really love. So there's no social anxiety around it, which Sidebar. I would say I have relative social anxiety. So, like, if this was a group of people that I was nervous about being around, it would have been a completely different ball game in terms of my energy level and my being okay with it.
1: Yeah, I think double sidebar.
0: Okay, double sidebar. Is,
1: we were talking about this earlier before the recording started. It's like, do I have social anxiety? Yeah. And I think that's probably, yes, true. And I've I've worked so hard to now avoid any situation that would cause me that anxiety. So I don't experience it very often anymore. Right, right. I just go, oh I'm not doing that. Nope. Not doing that.
0: You know? Yeah. Yeah.
1: But here you go with your friends.
0: Yeah. So I think in terms of the group size, 14's a lot, but 14 is maybe a good group size in that you can go off to little places <laughs> and camping <laughs> That's a great and sense. camping is a setting in which there is space to be alone. Mm-hmm. Like by nature, you are in nature, mm-hmm. which Again, I think people are more lenient of others being by themselves when you're in a spacious nature area. I think we, as humans, are probably naturally drawn towards it. Mm -hmm. So as I was heading in, I was like, I know there's going to be some ease. And I knew the group would allow for that. Wouldn't be like, what are you doing by yourself? You know, Um, (laughs) which maybe some people would be. But. They are. In terms of the social energy, I felt very energized by the group. Like I could sense I was being energized by all the people and I nature. was in. Yeah. I was in a headspace of like celebration and fun. And especially on like Saturday, mm-hmm. the day I got there, we went on a hike. It was all these great things during the whole hike. I was chatting and not going off and mm-hmm. needing to be by myself. Mm-hmm. Sunday. Oh, well, not even uh-oh. Sunday, it's a different day. Well, hey,
1: if I feel like saying uh-oh, <laughs> I'll say uh-oh. <laughs> I have my own reasons.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, not okay, not I'll, I'll also say I stayed up. We, like, stayed up very late chatting. I had a moment towards the, like, at the campfire time where I was like, I don't think I can do, like, much more talking. No more campfire like,
1: for
0: me. Well, no. I still wanted to be there. Oh. So this is this is the key here a, strategy, B, like, a happy place for me. Okay. I took a marshmallow, and I was like, I needed something sensory, something to just do yeah. that would allow me to just be there and, like, I have this thing, and I'm not engaging <laughs> oh, with the group. so
1: <laughs> meme, Macy.
0: You know, if you don't know this, you can take a marshmallow and turn it into taffy. Do mm, you know this? Nope. It's very fun. It's a, such a nice thing. Okay. But if you sit and take a marshmallow and break it down and do a taffy pulling motion for, like, Almost an hour.
1: Wow! It turns
0: into taffy. Wow! So I was like, I'm gonna make taffy. Like this. Um, this sounded so fun, and it also was like a wonderful internal escape while also being in the the social space. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, Which mm-hmm. another sidebar in terms of my so,
1: uh, what sidebar <laughs> are we on right now
0: <laughs> in terms of point my point
1: A uh, part two three C
0: <laughs> my introvert extrovert energy. I think my dream space where I would probably get the most energy is if I could be a fly on the wall in a room, like be in a social place, yes. but just be listening and observing and not like being seen. Mm-hmm. So this was like a wonderful in between space. And it was like, it was like a great strategy. So if people are out there, I think a lot of people were relatively like, wow, Taffy, mm-hmm. you know, it's cool. It's a fun process <laughs> slash like, it is wonderfully, like, meditative to make taffy. I would invite anyone Oh, so there. you get
1: two for one with that. You're, you're,
0: yeah. you're off to the it's side getting a long time.
1: But also, your people are like, ooh, look at Macy, <laughs> taffy. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Do you guys see that, what Macy's <laughs> doing? Whoa. <laughs> no,
0: I definitely was like, everybody, look at my taffy oh. <laughs> that I just made. <laughs> look at this. Like, feel this. It turned into taffy.
1: <laughs> oh, that's so good. Um,
0: okay, so then the next day. I've I'm a little bit socialed out.
1: Now you're socialed out. I you slept.
0: I've slept.
1: You're up. Is there coffee? There uh, is. There so?
0: is coffee. Um.
1: In a little tin cup. Who's making the coffee? It's not Starbucks. So <laughs> I don't go camping. A lot of different camping. people
0: are making the things. Kay. There's there's quite a few people who like had some camp experience. There's okay. definitely some people who didn't. I don't, but I want to kind of.
1: Hey, camping friends, it's morning, coffee, I can make some taffy. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so. That's the skill I have.
0: I could tell I was like, oh, I'm losing my energy. Mm -hmm. Like, I kind of need to be alone. And we went on a big group hike, and I was like, I, because I I fear sometimes that I'm going to be perceived as being like moody and like 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 sorrowful. Like I'm afraid people think that if I'm like going off and being like a little alone, that it's like
1: oh she's pouting.
0: Right. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not pouting. Yeah. And I think that well, I she's was mad
1: at us right now. What's wrong? What did you say to her? Like oh yeah.
0: <laughs> I think that I was 100 percent with the group that didn't. I was like I don't. I can do whatever. I can enter yeah. this magical place of because we went on a hike, yeah. another hike, and I was like I. It's like, you don't need to be social on this hike. You can kind of just enjoy the hike. And I did. I, like, stagnated from the group often, went and pulled myself away and was just like, I'm going to go play Mm -hmm. with the rocks by myself Mm -hmm. and do that. And Mm -hmm. so I think I feel, I mean, I'm in a really, like, my friends are very all of different temperaments. Mm -hmm. And so we're all understanding of each other. But I definitely could sense that that was where I needed to get my energy. And then on the car ride back, I, like, barely talked. I was Mm -hmm. like, hmm. No, no chatting. Headphones in,
1: staring no, at the window. No,
0: no. I just mean, quiet. honestly, in an ideal world, I maybe would have done that, but I was like, I don't know. There was like Fly a group wall, energy. Find mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the wall, listening, just like kind of disappearing. And then I came home and I've been introverted for like the last it four takes days. Some time. It takes so, some like, time. I had like, maybe this does show a little bit of my introvert leanings, <laughs> but like, I had a large, like, that two days of full stimulus with a big group of people like has taken a long wind down, a long wind down.
1: Yeah.
0: But I would say in terms of creativity, I find myself wanting to do individual projects and I have ideas and things. And that's partially why I need to be alone. I'm like, well, if I want to do this painting, I need to just like be alone. That's like what I need to do. So I don't know. There's just, (laughs) I think that, the link to creativity is very potent and real i can i can experience that if i don't make space for aloneness how am i supposed to work on my projects and do these things that i have ideas for like i get maybe some bit of stimulus but it all really transforms when i'm by myself usually so yes introvert swing <laughs> yes
1: yes you know, I Introverts mean one way. of the differences obviously between us is you live in a house with some pals.
0: Some pals. Yeah,
1: and I'm married with kids. And so I wonder sometimes if the ultimate push for me towards introversion is the fact that like my I I can't as easily access the alone time as you can.
0: Yeah, I think that's probably true. I have a very extroverted job, mm-hmm. but then I have full access to being by myself as soon as I'm home. Yeah. I have the freedom. Kids.
1: My kids are getting older, so I have, it's complicated. Ugh, yeah. It's complicated. Like,
0: You're never really alone.
1: No, I know. And so, I, I, I don't know. It's hard sometimes to think maybe if I was in your situation, I would identify more as an ambivert. Yeah. But uh, I just find myself. Needing. Clawing for a long time sometimes. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, desperately seeking it. Uh, everybody, uh okay, okay, okay. Okay, let's see here for a second. <laughs> um, I, I'm just curious in terms of the friends, because this is what I'm this is what I'm wondering with this whole introversion, extroversion conversation okay. is it is it seems like ultimately your friends are very aware of who you are and supportive of your temperament, essentially.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: You, you don't get the sense that they're like, why is Macy walking off?
0: No, no, and it was really interesting because I barely pop off to nature. Like yeah. that's kind of a thing. I've seen it. Like I love, depending on
1: you did some ASMR videos. I did. By the way, everybody Macy has a ASMR Instagram channel and it shouldn't be laughed at because it's awesome.
0: I very uh, rarely post. It's
1: a uh, moody, moody,
0: moody moody ASMR.
1: Yeah, um, and, and you had some camp vibes. Yeah, river mud vibes. River
0: mud vibes. <laughs> um, and someone came up to me as we were like about to leave and they were like are you just like totally in your happy place right now and i was like yeah but i also really want to be home Hmm. like i love nature and was popping Mm -hmm. off to nature but i also was like when are we gonna leave and And, and, like there's a three hour long drive yeah and there's a three hour long drive and like I have, like, things at my home things. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I wanted to, like, I, I knew I wanted to paint. Yeah. I knew I wanted to, like, I needed to be in that space of mm-hmm. just, like, withdrawing and, like, then making my own whatever output. Mm-hmm. So, I think that's really interesting because nature is a place that I love. Yeah. But I also was feeling this, like, really, like a... a Deep need to withdraw, and there's something special about home to me too. Which I don't know. If that's an introvert thing. That might just be like a personal thing. I don't know. Well,
1: I mean, if introverts are listening to this, do you think they're not resonating with that home?
0: Home, yeah. Introverts I guess are that's like, true. oh, home, oh, home.
1: <laughs> you yeah. know, I don't care about home. You know, <laughs> all introverts are like, yes, home, my bed, my room.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that tale was <laughs> what even what that was. I think was. it was.
1: I think it was what we all showed up for. That, that, <laughs> that was really good it's it's i think we can all resonate with it and get in the headspace of it you know what i mean yeah yeah it's helpful it's helpful it's helpful to just have the i mean it's a good story but it also helps paint the picture of an introvert amongst a group of people yeah flitting in and out sort of like i'm here i'm not here i'm taffy i'm talking i'm not talking i'm engaging but i'm walking around now right I'm coming back right now i need to go home
0: now i, need to go <laughs> home. I know and that's the thing is it's not like a, oh i don't want to keep hanging out with you but the group did go to dinner after hmm. they were like let's go to dinner and oh. i was like there is no way yeah, I, was like, I was like i was like very quickly like i'm gonna make sure i need to ride home yeah, <laughs> like,
1: yeah and that's my whole life now, now, what's next? Yeah, oh.
0: <laughs> and I could see in like a I don't know a younger headspace maybe or just a different mood headspace being like yeah let's do it. But I'm like I have work tomorrow morning. I'm gonna have to be around. I work with preschoolers and I'm around a lot of a lot but of energy. I
1: would push back on that. What do you mean? Well, it's low key. It's low key, right? But um, what's low key? You're throwing work under the bus to a certain extent, but like it's not about like. It's also just fine to go home, whether or not you have work or true, not. True, true. You know what I mean? We, yeah. we all feel that sense yeah, of Yeah, but like,
0: I definitely would have had... I would have much more... If you knew you
1: could sleep in. Uh, if I right knew
0: now. I could sleep in, if I knew I didn't oh, yeah, have something fair. the next day. like, And and I knew I would get the space to do the things I wanted to do mm-hmm. like creatively. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. It, and that's the thing that's really fascinating is without that language, I maybe wouldn't have seen it, but I really was craving to get home and like... <laughs>
1: I, I, I could not relate to anything more in my life. Great I understand thing. everything you're talking about.
0: Yeah. Um but had the perfect amount of time with my pals.
1: Great job, pals. <laughs> so much fun. Gra- glad you exist and we had glad we had that trip. And um uh next I think we're gonna do a ruination. Okay,
0: everybody. is that was that it for the segment? Those I feel like you minutes. didn't even get to share I can well. Share maybe the closing will be sure. you sharing all your introvert thoughts.
1: All my introvert thoughts. <laughs> Um, Everybody, we haven't had a Reuvenation in a while
2: It's so coming up as
1: a Reuvenation We don't know what it's going to be But it might be introversion themed I think so And just so you know um, If if you've been following this podcast And you know what we're talking about Reuvenation Maybe you don't know what we're talking about It's a friend of ours named Reuven Who's going to share some thoughts
0: I think it's going to be a poem tonight
1: The first Ruvenation was during our first introversion episode So here it is. Full circle. Yeah. Okay. When we come back.
2: Today We will talk about ghosts You know that's how I relax Is I Read horror novels Yeah Sometimes when I'm in bed I look up clips from like horror movies Uh, I don't think I get scared anymore Which is I used to get scared I don't anymore Which I think I have a cousin. She right now is living in, in 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 France for a school. And last Christmas I went to see her. And she lives she rents this kind of like studio that's like kind of like a little shed. Uh, it's very cozy and it's in the garden uh and the house, you know, the the main house is really pretty uh this kind of family lives there. Uh it's like husband, and wife, both of them are doctors and they have like three daughters, like an eight year old and a six year old twins. So I went there just it it's it's very kind of like nice and it's uh, it's in a small town. Um so it's very quiet. Um I went there and uh one evening we were just like let's just uh, you know, hang out here for the night. Let's cook something and then watch a movie. And both of us immediately, it's like, let's watch a horror movie. And my cousin apparently has seen like almost every horror movie in <laughs> Netflix. Like we would go through like, what about this movie? And she's like, I've seen it. What about this movie? I've seen it. What about this movie? I have seen it about this movie i do not think I've seen it. No, wait, I've seen it. And I asked her, like, do you also not get scared anymore? She's like, yeah, no. I watch these movies while I do homework. (laughs) 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 On the one hand, I think horror is some kind of, like, a... It's it's, it's definitely experiencing a resurgence. I think there are, like, a lot of horror movies and good ones, too. And I once had a brief conversation with one of my professors. uh, And both of us were like, yeah, I think horror is kind of, like, capturing some kind of zeitgeist as a genre but uh she's a professor of like um like African American studies and that's the context of the class where we are talking about this so uh, obviously we're talking about like Jordan Peele right um but it's and and what she's arguing is that there is a specific it's a different a, a you know black horror is is a different is different than kind of like you know like um suburban Stephen King kind of horror mm. um, because uh, one of the, the things that she said was uh, you know Jordan Peele said like you know Get Out it's not a film it's a documentary or something so that, so that uh, when you are living in a kind of like in, you, you know which I take to mean like being a black person in America the horror is quotidian it's everyday mm-hmm. it is kind of like almost like on the surface realist, right? You don't have to like think about Mm. no repressed memories or like ghosts coming from outside of the attic of the house. It's on the streets, Mm. something like that, Mm. right? So that's interesting to kind of like, you know, if you think of like Get Out, which is like a big horror movie. When did Get Out come out? A year and a half ago. Uh, Like Mm. late 2016?
0: (laughs) Four years
2: ago. Four years (laughs) ago. I don't know. Yeah. Really? Okay, look it up. 2017 that's interesting like the two big horror movies of 2017 it and get out right and they're different like it is like you know like oh the the ghost is being suppressed like you know it's like haunting it it is kind of like this standard kind of like Freudian script of like the ghost is like the return of the uncanny right it's the return of the repressed not the uncanny it's kind of different i think i, I said what what's different about it um so, I th- but I think what's so in- interesting about ghosts is because I think they allow us to think about time differently, right? Like, well, <laughs> I guess you're you're right. Yes, uh, you know, like it's it's something that comes from the past. It's something that comes from uh, like that kind of haunts the present, right? But then it might come back again. So it kind of also kind of like haunts the future. So it kind of messes up with this linear progression of time, right? In fact, like in philosophy and sociology, a lot of, uh, or in literature, uh, a lot of writers, artists, thinkers have brought up like, look, this is why like ghost stories are, are kind of like germane to kind of telling stories because they kind of allow you to mess up with like time, uh, so I'm going to be reading a passage from one of the uh probably one of the at least for me one of the main texts of kind of like what's called hauntology. Wow. <laughs> it is a pun that uh, Jacques Derrida coined and I've been told that it works in French because apparently in French that sounds the same as ontology. <laughs> uh so but uh, <laughs> but this is his book called Specters of Marx. Uh if you want to know more about the book uh, read it, uh, but I'm going to um, read a passage. It's and it's very early in the book, which I think is very uh, provocative, and I think that should kickstart. I don't know. Think about ghosts. Uh, get haunted. It's fun. Okay, I'm going to read it. Uh, it's not. It's not too long. Um, if it. Learning to live remains to be done. It can happen only between life and death. Neither in life nor in death alone. What happens between two and be- between all the twos one likes, such as between life and death, can only maintain itself with some ghost, can only talk with or about some ghost. So it would be necessary to learn spirits, even and especially if this, the spectral is not even and especially if this which is neither substance nor essence nor existence it never pre- is never present as such the time of the learning to live a time without tutelary present would amount to this to which the exordium is leading us to learn to live with ghosts in the upkeep the conversation the company or the companionship in the commerce without commerce of ghosts to live otherwise and better no not better but more justly but with them no being with the other no socius without this with that makes being with in general more enigmatic than ever for us and this being with specters would also be not only but also a politics of memory of inheritance and of generations If I am getting ready to speak at length about ghosts, inheritance, and generations, generations of ghosts, which is to say about certain others who are not present, nor presently living, either to us, in us, or outside us, it is in the name of justice. Of justice where it is not yet, not yet there, where it is no longer, let us understand where it is no longer present, and where it will never be, no more than the law, Reducible to law or rights. It's necessary to speak of the ghost. Indeed, to the ghost and with it. From the moment that no ethics, no politics, whether revolutionary or not, seems possible and thinkable and just, that does not recognize in its principle the respect for those others who are no longer, or for those others who are not yet there, presently living, whether they are already dead or not yet born you know, as a nation who's kind of like coming, you know, it's... That phrase goes around a lot, coming into terms with its past or something, right? Ghosts are a good metaphor for thinking about our present, right? Like, and it it kind of turns along the, the this axis of whether that's something completely terrifying or something that actually... Um, Brings some kind of like justice. Well, it got cut out, the justice part We'll see. Yeah. Maybe we'll leave it. <laughs> um That is all. <laughs> Ghosts. Sometimes they might be your friends.
1: Also, we need to figure out a way to friends, I think. We need to figure out a way to scare Reuben at some point. I know. Yeah.
2: Scare I think I'm I just like Yes, scare me.
1: It's gonna have to be like a white supremacist specter.
2: Maybe, yeah. yeah. That,
1: again, that's like a different
2: thing. Yeah. Sure. I'm like, I used to watch like, you know, like
1: the old... We can't hear him, but we're talking. <laughs> I
2: used to watch that old... Do you want me to say this in the light? I don't know. Do you want to? Like, I used to watch... You know that uh, old IT TV series yeah, yeah, adaptation yeah. with Tim, Tim, Tim Curry as Curry, yeah. the clown? I used to think that's the most terrifying yeah, me thing too. ever. Me too. Right? Do you still think it's terrifying? In my memory, I mean I haven't watched it in a long time. If I sh- if you watch it again tonight, I mean, like, that's terrifying. I don't know. Okay. Because yeah. I like, what do, what do you think? I well I think still? when when that's why I was so excited when the first it came out. It's yeah. like this is gonna terrify me. And I watched like clips of this the, this terrifying clown and I'm like, I wanna be terrified. Do you think the old one is more scary?
1: Maybe, but I'm still not scared. Are you scared by the old one if we watch it now? No. Oh yeah, I am. Probably I I would be. Okay. The idea of a clown is just crazy. I know. Yeah. I don't think I could,
0: well. <laughs> <laughs> is that the Ruination? I think that's the
1: ruvenation. It's M- Macy has a thought.
0: I would need to burly process that Ruination for like multiple hours. That's and a deep then one. go into solitude for multiple hours to understand what we just.
1: We needed a time to process that.
0: Yeah. That was a good. Side ghosts, right in the middle of an introvert extrovert yeah. conversation. <laughs> I think that was, I think that's a nice
1: specters of marks,
0: a wonderful like and cross Jacques training Derrida. to yeah. our thinking about introversion and extroversion and perversion. Also, to like think about ghosts.
1: <laughs> Good job. <An laughs> upcoming author, he's an up and coming author, folks, isn't he? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a ghost.
0: That's that's a heavy text, like a thick text.
2: (laughs) Can you imagine hearing him talk? I'm more familiar
1: with Gautamer over Derrida, actually, but...
0: I don't know what they're talking about, but we are going to take a quick break, and then when we come back, we're going to close up our conversation on temperament and the introversion to extroversion spectrum when we come back. We are back and we are wrapping things up, but we want to wrap up with some listener Instagram comments and then we'll have maybe a few closing pop off thoughts about this whole discussion. But we asked the question, Scott asked the question, Scott asked like a bunch of questions about what you liked about being an introvert or extrovert and kind of allowing people space to answer from their own experiences. So we got a few comments and I think that they really do speak to the spectrum.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, Lily Dawes says my favorite part about being an introvert is that I'm a credi- incredibly attuned to myself and my own needs, especially those that are emotional. Uh, she later says she's a type four. The thing I struggle with most is meeting new people as I am often uncomfortable until I'm around them enough to actually be myself. I relate so hard. I bet. Like it takes me a lot of time before being around someone. Isn't this like extraneous shy, weird, socially awkward, not knowing how to function energy. Yes. Like, I often feel very meek (laughs) if I'm not, if I don't know the people. So I relate to you, Lily. Um, It's always been hard for me to handle meeting new people because I'm usually a very open person, yet I feel unable to show this side of me and often wait until it's too early or too late. I do relate, Lily. (laughs) Type 4 is out here. It's too late. Oh, no. Okay, do you want to read Professor McGonagall's?
1: Sure. I love that name, by the way. She says, uh, being an extrovert, I feel like it's, okay, let me start over Professor McGonagall, she's representing the extroverts. Being an extrovert, I feel like, is a little more challenging sometimes than being an introvert. like a statement right there. I feel like we as extros have two tanks and intros have one. We have to get most of our energy from other people, but we have another small, very necessary introvert tank of rest that doesn't often get filled. I feel this is especially hard for us Enneagram 7s. I like that she knows she's an Enneagram (laughs) 7. And Professor McGonagall engages with us pretty regularly, which is pretty cool.
0: I do think the two tanks language is helpful. I think that introverts probably do have that extrovert small tank too. I wonder, I do think the two tanks thing is a helpful metaphor in terms of Mm -hmm. like, we all have kind of different, it's kind of like the cup thing. We have different needs. So some introverts have a very small tank, but they do probably, they need some extroverts and just like extroverts need some introvert moments.
1: Agree, totally agree. Okay. And then I asked about it, and she went on to explain. And she goes, uh, first of all, she said McGonagall is her last name. So I love that she just called herself Professor I know. McGonigal. That's pretty epic. She goes, I always talk about the two tanks, like a hot water heater. It takes a long time for the smaller tank to empty and a long time for the bigger tank to fill up. It takes a short amount of time for the small tank to fill and a long time for the big tank to empty. The big tank is energy from people. The little tank is energy from rest.
0: Oh, I see. That's helpful.
1: Introverts, I feel like, are more like batteries. Very simple. Fill from rest and spread energy from activity. Spend Hmm. energy
0: from activity. Hmm. Ooh, that might be interesting to think about
1: mm Hmm. mm Hmm. I think it's true.
0: Wow, that's a helpful metaphor.
1: I don't really, I don't really feel this like this is I why have the listeners a tank for extroversion.
0: Really? Like, I really
1: don't get filled from it. I don't have a small extrovert tank. You know. I do. Yeah, that might be the difference.
0: Yeah, I definitely do. There, I definitely there are times where I'm like, I need to get out and see people. More on
1: people is a bonus, and. and being around people for me is is nice, but it will always take something. Yeah. I don't ever think it's truly filling anything. It's not, There's no small tank that being around people is filling me up with.
0: Oh, yeah. I do feel No filled. matter
1: how much I enjoy them. Yeah. Yeah.
0: This is... We are all out here living <laughs> and all experiencing things so differently. the if there's any When you're
1: done with this podcast recording, are you going to feel energized and filled up? You're going to feel drained. Even though you like hanging out with us.
0: Um today I probably will feel drained because I had a really extensive day at work of thinking, but no, there is for sure times where I walk away and I need I, have, I feel so energized and so things like keyed up that I need to do things to mm-hmm. chill out. Yeah, don't feel that way. Yeah, don't it depends way. it depends definitely on the my, my mood.
1: My your <laughs> Um, Ava?
0: Ava, okay. Well, I just, I have one quick thought.
1: Okay, yeah, please.
0: I was listening to the Introvert Extrovert po- podcast and th- one of their main reasons for doing the podcast was because one of them was an introvert and one of them was an extrovert. And they were really trying to emphasize the necessity of, as we're doing this kind of work, recognizing in it that Like the idea of doing what's maybe good for you is not good for me. So when we're like in relationship, like doing exactly what I would want is not going to necessarily result in a happy response from you. And so like this talking about it and having these conversations is important in that it helps us to move into relationships where we're not just like blindly doing things because that's what we would want. And so this person must like it and that must be what they're, feeling like they want but really trying to see that each person has like significant different needs that need to be met each day and we're all trying to meet our needs and that your needs are drastically different from mine and yet we're on this journey trying to meet our needs together yes some thoughts
1: those are big thoughts and so well said
0: um i think we have one more listener comment ava romano i think being an introvert actually I think being an introvert contributes to how independent and organized I think I am. I like being an introvert also because I like that I don't need to rely on people to be, to be content. But sometimes I wonder if, I just, if I'm just an introverted extrovert. Ooh, I really like being yeah. around people. And when I'm in a group that I trust and feel safe around, I become really energetic and happy. And I never get that feeling when I'm just alone. However, I can't discern if my excitability when I'm around people is veiled extroversion or just human nature. And assuming I am an introvert, I think I am, sometimes I don't like being an introvert. Oftentimes I wish I was more energetic, outgoing, and fun to be around, as I imagine extroverts to be. But I can't make myself be extroverted. I can't make myself... Oh, but I try to be more energetic and excited, but it just feels awkward and forced and I get self-conscious. Oh, I hardcore relate. (laughs) As much as I wish I was, I just wasn't built that way. I wasn't made to be that person and I feel bad about that sometimes. Mm. Ava.
1: Big vibes there.
0: You have a wonderful energy. I'm a huge Ava. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah, but I do think it is complicated in terms of, In a world where self-image is so important, how we participate in social standards is often weighed as a way we should see ourselves. And I think that that's where introverts can get lost and not feel comfortable in their nature. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It is a relatively extroverted world, although I do think the rise of the Internet has helped introverts.
1: Certain introverts. I mean, who knows? I mean, I guess. I guess that's the kind of the appeal of the this type of format of conversation is to be able to talk to individuals, like to talk mm-hmm. about enneagram ones, and then to talk about with an enneagram one.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it would be interesting to inter, interview other introverts. Yeah, how they experience it, and if they're finding solace in the yeah. Internet. We should
0: have a tr- like a hardcore interview introvert and a hardcore extrovert to interview. Yeah. Oh, maybe and maybe introversion, extroversion three, you guys.
1: Maybe. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think Ava hints at something that is similar to some of the Denzel stuff from the earlier part of the podcast, which is this misnomer that extroverts are somehow obviously more fun to be around. Yeah. I don't have yeah. more fun around extroverts.
0: No, I can be very overwhelmed by extroverts. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
1: So just know that, Ava, and others
0: yeah. who have
1: that fear. I mean, it's not like I don't like extroverts, and sometimes they're they're really helpful in drawing me out and pulling me out of my shell. Yeah. Um, and sometimes introverts can be a foil. Like
2: mm-hmm.
0: I'm
1: being introvert, and this other introvert's being an introvert, and we're both just introverts.
0: And you're both kind of being potentially socially awkward because you're wondering if the other person mm-hmm. is judging you for being quiet and they're probably thinking that about themselves too. Mm-hmm. I, I always wonder if these internal spirals we're all having,
1: but nine times out of 10, I feel like I can pick up another introvert and they can pick me up and we can find each other and start having a good conversation. And I prefer that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. There it is. Uh, those were some solid listener comments. Yes. Yeah. We have an Instagram, everybody at no small thing. We <laughs> post things
1: sometimes.
0: <laughs> Okay, are we wrapping up? I think we're wrapping up. I feel like I've said a lot. I've said a lot of my thoughts. You had some good thoughts. I would like to hear some of your closing thoughts. And finding out that you were an introvert, I think, was very was it very liberating? Like
1: yeah, it was like the most liberating.
0: And <laughs> I think that I think that that's like speaks to this, like this conversation and like the necessity of talking about these things. Because for me, it's not quite as liberating because it's. I fluctuate more, but for you, like it's, you found so much voice in it. Yeah. so much.
1: Oh, boy. (laughs) It's true. I think that's why I want to talk about it, and that's why we post about it. I mean, I'm not this person that knew I was an introvert, uh, you know, all through growing up, and I didn't know that, and I thought my way of being was wrong, and so it is nice especially as like a high school pastor to be a person that can affirm that in others and provide spaces where it's totally chill. I mean, my son is an introvert and we give him so much space to just do that. And I, I look at him and I hope he's appreciating not like some gratitude way, because it should be our right as humans to have the space that we want. Um, But I'm still fighting for it. You know, I'm still, trying to help my friends and family understand who I am. And the sad thing is, is that like, and maybe the beautiful and interesting thing is that I was pretending for so long. So I was aggressively telling people that I was not. Yeah. Yeah. And so they arranged and oriented their themselves around that person, but there were always glimmers. There were always hints and there's like seeping out. Yeah, um, I remember. I remember going to Hawaii like fifteen years ago. We saw you two and Pearl Jam in Hawaii, and wow, with a bunch of friends. And we got a hotel, and and uh, everybody would wake up in the morning. We were there for like five days, and go get a big breakfast, and like walk around town. They're in Hawaii, you know, and they're doing all these things. And at the time, I wouldn't be like, I'm getting my space. I'm an introvert. I would just wake up and sleep in. I'd sleep in and wake up and then I'd read and look out my balcony and I'd skip everything. Yeah. And I'd get out there at about 1230 or one and everybody'd be like all day. What's wrong with you? What are you doing? Why? We, we, we went to this breakfast spot. It was amazing. And I'm like, cool. How do I, how do I help you understand that? I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) Like
0: I'm not bummed. I'm happy for you. Yeah.
1: Um, but I had so much fun. You know, like, I, I just think it's so... I, I I do think it will be helpful to end on this Annie Dillard thing because it harkens back to something you said at the beginning of the episode.
0: The extroverts have more fun?
1: No, about working on a project, about oh. trying to get back to your art and about yeah, you need to yeah. concentrate. Yeah. That's what a lot of Annie Dillard stuff is concentration. And um, I do think there is sort of a a joyful, sweet paranoia to being an introvert. And it's not that extroverts don't have this, but I do think there's something going on in the background of, um, a big thought is coming and we're waiting for it. And if we stare off long enough, it'll come, this is a huge thought is coming and (laughs) or epiphany or an artistic inspiration or or, a
0: way of seeing something.
1: mm -hmm. And I do think sometimes conversation and social events are distracting me from my big thought
0: Mm -hmm. or my
1: project or my, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I, I will read this on Annie Dillard thing, but I was I was waiting. I was trying to find this passage. This is from a book called The Writing Life, and this is something that's really moved me. And this podcast will be, I guess, continuing to just put out a vibe. And if you ever listen to this consistently, you'll get big Annie Dillard vibes. We'll so have an episode one another day. Another Annie Dillard reading. Another Annie Dillard reading. Um, maybe not, though. Maybe it's not necessary if we just keep interspersing episodes with Annie Dillard.
0: True, but it would be fun to have an Annie Dillard reading yeah. episode.
1: She had, she had a line in this. She, the writing, like she's talking about what it's like to be a writer. And the, 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 paint, the image she paints of like being a writer is so compelling and mm-hmm. sweet and beautiful. And, and I don't even really think it's about being a writer. But I do think it's about being a person. It could be an introvert or an extrovert, who takes time away to create in any capacity. So yeah. it can be an artist, a painter. Um, but yeah, you said get emotional <laughs> it is emotional for me. It's emotional. You
0: have to get
1: emotional. I want. Here's what I want, and I want this for introverts. Maybe this could be cathartic for introverts and and uh, helpful for extroverts to know. Um, an introvert who's who's generally a healthy person who's we're, we're all experiencing our own sense of ex- existential angst, no matter how healthy we are. Yeah, but yeah. a generally healthy introvert is fine and so happy. Yeah. Out on their own. If they're out on a walk, for an extrovert, just picture your optimum party, optimum people, optimum friends, optimum energy, optimal, optimum, optimal, (laughs) I don't know. Um, And then picture that. Try to to superimpose that excitement over a quiet walk.
0: Yeah. That's the
1: energy we're feeling. We're feeling a, a sense of elation, peacefulness, contentment, safety, joy. Big happy energy.
0: Yeah. And yeah. and
1: it and I guess it stresses me out to think that somebody's worrying about me.
0: Right. Or like assuming that you're in a weird place because you're alone. Yeah.
1: And I want I want people to fight for introverts alone time the way we fight for for extrovert time.
0: Hmm. Parties
1: and get togethers and hangouts and invitations and gatherings and right. you know like
0: respect that people need that space and that space is a space of joy. Like don't take away that, that joyous yeah. space.
1: And don't, don't, don't worry about me. Don't. There's just so much, like, there's just so much energy of like, uh, where's Scott sometimes. Everybody's like, where's Scott? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if I, if I could like, if I could just go, I don't know how, but like to tell people like
0: <laughs> this, true injury to reverse here.
1: that, you know, like, to, to, if I'm not in the room to start getting excited, wow, Scott must be having a good time somewhere. <laughs> but I still to this day, after all the things I tell people about myself, I know I can hear it in another room if we're in a big house. Where's Scott? Where's Scott? Oh no, <laughs> I don't know what they're thinking. <laughs> uh, okay, so it means a lot to me. I, I want to keep talking about it. I do think we should probably have 10 well, episodes on us. Can I year, say
0: one quick last yeah. thing? Uh, in terms of processing, and I think this is, I don't know. I I just feel like this is important to point out. Something I learned that I think was fun is, like, it takes an introvert a longer time to process. Yeah, so much. So it's like if there's like a big group of people over your house, like, it's it is overwhelming to try and process that much at the same time. Like it is it is legitimately hard because our brains are introverts' brains are processing slower. But they also say that introverts' brains, while they process slower, have a capacity to process things probably at more, in more depth.
1: Well, that's the thing. It's like, I I mean, I already know, and this is the way you and I function sometimes. I already know that I've been maxed out on this topic. topic. And that's why oftentimes you and I will start texting after the fact. Yeah. I'll have clarity of mind later.
0: Yeah. Oh, I get you know? like a, a completely different clarifying moment like an hour and a half later of like a whole different perspective yeah. of everything.
1: But that's the thing. I think most people are on to the next activity and aren't continuing to think about it. Maybe. And For better or for worse, I will keep thinking about something. Yeah. Yeah. Better for worse. That can have good and bad qualities to it. For sure. Um, so I think it's nice to always end on something that settles us down a little bit. <laughs> Maybe this is more for me than anybody. <laughs> but um this is from Annie Dillard's book called The Writing Life. And for the record, I actually haven't read anything from here before. And this is Annie Dillard talking about what it means to be a writer. This book. Yeah. The the sort of creative process. She has a whole chapter on like famous uh, schedules of famous writers hmm. and, and how they paced out their daily lives, which is so great. Yeah. Um, but here is her, here she is trying to describe what it's like to be a writer. But what I want people to try to hear is this in the context of introversion, this in the context of being people that like working on quiet projects. So whatever it is that an introvert likes to do in the, in the quiet of their own time, whether it's draw, write, paint, think, create, um, or, or just stare off, you don't have to be doing that. But this, this came out for me when you were talking about wanting to paint earlier. So what comes up when you're wanting to paint? Here's what comes up for writers. And I think we can end on this. Here is a fairly sober version of what happens in the small room between the writer and the work itself. It is similar to what happens between a painter and the canvas. First, you shape the vision of what the projected work of art will be. The vision, I stress, is so marvelous. It is the work's intellectual structure and aesthetic surface. It is a chip of mind a pleasing intellectual object. (laughs) It is a vision of the work, not of the world. It is a glowing thing, a blurred thing of beauty. Its structure is at once luminous and translucent. You can see the world through it. After you receive the initial charge of this imaginary object, you add to it at once several aspects and incubate it most gingerly as it grows into itself. Many aspects of the work are still uncertain, of course. You know that. You know that if you proceed, you will change things and learn things, that the form will grow under your hands and develop new and richer lights. But that change will not alter the vision or its deep structures. It will only enrich it. You know that, and you are right. But you are wrong if you think that in the actual writing or in the actual painting, you are filling in the vision. You cannot fill in the vision. You cannot even bring the vision into light. You are wrong if you think that you can in any way take the vision and tame it to the page. Hmm. The page is jealous and tyrannical. The page is made of time and matter. The page always wins. The vision is not so much destroyed exactly as it is by the time you have finished it, forgotten. It has been replaced by this changeling, this bastard, This opaque, lightless, chunky, ruinous work. Here is how it happens. The vision is a set of mental relationships, a coherent series of formal possibilities. In the actual rooms of time, however, it is a page or two of legal paper filled with words and questions. It is a terrible diagram, a few books' names in a margin, an ambiguous doodle, a corner folded down in a library book. These are memos from the thinking brain to witless hope nevertheless ignoring the provisional and pathetic nature of these scraps and bearing the vision itself in mind making it before your sights like the very grail you begin to scratch out the first faint marks on the canvas or the page you begin the work proper now you have done it now the thing is no longer a vision it is paper words lead to other words and down the garden path you adjust the paint's values and hues not to the world not to the vision but to the rest of the paint. The materials are stubborn and rigid. Push is always coming to shove. You can fly. You can fly higher than you thought possible, but you can never get off the page. After every passage, another passage follows. More sentences, more everything on drearily down time. Time and materials hound the work. The vision recedes even further into the dim realms. And so you continue the work and finish it. Probably by now you have forced to toss the most essential part of the vision, but this is a concern for mere nostalgia now. For before your eyes and stealing your heart is this fighting and frail finished product, entirely opaque. You can see nothing through it. It is only itself a series of well-known passages, some colored paint. Its relationship to the vision that impelled it is the relationship between any energy and any work, anything unchanging to anything temporal. The work is not the vision itself, certainly. It is not the vision filled in as if it had been a coloring book. It is not the vision reproduced in time that were impossible. It is rather a simulacrum and a replacement. It is a golem. You try, you try every time to reproduce the vision, to let your light so shine before men, but you can only come along with your bushel and hide it. Oh my
2: goodness. <laughs> Who will
1: teach me to write? A reader wanted to know. The page. The page, the eternal blankness, the blankness of eternity, which you cover slowly, affirming time's scrawl as a right and your daring as necessity. The page, which you cover woodenly, ruining it, but asserting your freedom and power to act, acknowledging that you ruin everything you touch, but touching it nevertheless, because acting is better than being here in mere opacity. The page, which you cover slowly with the crabbed thread of your gut, the page in the purity of its possibilities, the page of your death against which you pit such flawed excellences as you can muster with your life strength, that page will teach you to write. There is another way of saying this. Aim for the chopping block. If you aim for the wood, you will have nothing. Aim past the wood. Aim through the wood. Aim for the chopping block. That's introversion, everybody. That was so (laughs) real, (laughs)
0: Annie. Gosh, there's a reason we love her. Yeah. All right, everybody. That was introversion, extroversion.
1: (laughs) That's it. We solved it.
0: Next week, the spectrum. Next week, we are doing an Enneagram episode.
1: We don't know for sure. Okay, we're we're not 100%
0: sure what kind of Enneagram episode it is, but we've got some (laughs) big, fun, (laughs) potential ideas, and we're very excited about it, but we're going to tease it out. It's a secret still. Okay. Thanks for listening everybody. Bye.